And that is the tune for the hymn we're going to be taking a look at on this Tuesday, January the 28th in the year of our Lord 2020. In his temple now, behold him. And with us is our good friend, Reverend Mark Smith. Hey, Tom, how you doing, my fellow retiree? Oh, you're not really fully retired, are you? Well, <laughs> thank uh, you. You work harder than ever. <laughs> got four congregations almost every day with KFUO, Sunday School KFUO, and Uber, and then also being married. Oh, that, oh, that's, oh that's, you're that's, really busy. <laughs> no, I'm really busy. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of dishes at home to do, oh, I tell you, that's for sure. Buy a dishwasher for your wife. Oh, well, I never thought about that. Yeah, that uh, might help a little bit. Yeah, is that what you did? Uh, no. <laughs> Have you been back to the church at all this oh, week? Oh, are you kidding? I was there yesterday. I finally finished up cleaning out my office and my files and stuff. Yes, yesterday. Wow. I finally finished. The only thing left in my office is my robes in my closet. That's yeah. the only thing I have to get out of there. Did uh, you have enough room in your house to put everything? No. No. In fact, my car is filled to the gills. Oh. You <laughs> driving a fish? <laughs> no, but I've got all these I've got all these files in my car. Files the the trunk is loaded with books. I don't I don't know where I'm gonna go with this stuff. I had to you know, I had to glean through it in the office to decide what it was gonna keep. And now when I get home, I'm gonna have to glean through it all again to, to decide what I'm really gonna keep, you know. Yes. There's I understand no, that. No place to go with it. Yeah. Um, 38 years of filing oh, and, I know. and gathering, you know, saving books and no, stuff. No, when I left St. James, I now rent six offices. Yeah, right. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> I've got like 14,000 books. I know. What are you going to do with those things? Well, I'm trying to sell them right you know, away. Guys, you know, the students don't use books like they used to. They Everything's on Kindle, you know. Yeah, for sure. But I still like a book, underline, yeah, I put agree. notes on, I this agree. sort of thing. And so, um, well, we'll be looking forward to see uh, how you're going to get finished all this work. Is your <laughs> wife helping you move? No. Nope. No, 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 okay. No. <laughs> she's at home doing dishes. She's, hey, she's got her hands full as it is. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. In his temple now behold him. I don't remember singing this hardly at ever. And you know why? Well, because... You know, we're, it might be hard. I think it's kind of a hard hymn to find when you need it. You know, you need it more just a Sunday after Christmas. Or that's usually when we remember the presentation is a Sunday or two after Christmas. Right. And uh, this is 40 days. This is literal 40 days. This coming Sunday will be 40 days after Christmas. And that's why, that's why it comes up. Well, uh, the other the thing Sunday. is how many times, because it always happens on February the 2nd. February 2nd. Yeah, you, yeah, this hymn, you mean. This, yes. this festival. This festival. Festival of the presentation. And how many times does that occur on a Sunday? Uh, not too often. I imagine no. about every seven years. <laughs> so in preparation for the four congregations I work with, I was preparing a service on the basis of the fourth Sunday after Advent, or after Epiphany, and got a call from the secretary indicating her readings weren't the same that I was giving. Uh-huh. And sure enough, so I went back and I changed everything. You did. Had to get new hymns and everything. So you're going you're going to do the presentation on this coming Sunday? That's what the readings are. 
Oh, is that right? That C- CPH put out. See, yeah, I, I, have, I haven't even looked at the readings. Isn't that strange? Well, I can't understand why you haven't. <laughs> what are you going to preach on this Sunday? Okay, getting back to reality. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so this is why it's a rare hymn, because it hardly ever hits a Sunday. Uh-huh. And when it does, still a lot of people do the fourth Sunday right. after the Epiphany. But this is the one where Simeon talks in right. the temple. right. And fortunately, we're having the Lord's Supper. Yes. Because oh, that that'll be good. Yeah, that'll that's do- we... dovetail in with the the theme real well. Exactly. Uh, Henry Pye P Y E wrote a collection of hymns, eighteen fifty one, included this hymn for the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and few hymnals have found a place for it, and it's eminently suited to the presentation of our Lord on February the 2nd. So um, That's another reason why it's kind of a hard hymn to find when you're looking for it. You know what I mean? No, it's easy. Because all you have to do is get the concordance at Concordia <laughs> Publishing House. Yeah. I tell you, I spend sometimes up to an hour figuring out the oh, four I, hymns. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I do the same. I, you know, I, I don't know if people realize, you don't just pick these hymns out of a hat. You no, know, you, they you fit really with do the sermon. Exactly. And I can never do them until after I pretty well have yeah. finished the sermon, yeah. at least know what I'm going to be talking about. So when we switched Sundays this Sunday, boy, oh boy, I had to get rid of the hymns. I only used one of them that I had been using, and that was a, mm-hmm. a communion hymn that will fit. So without further ado, first answer. Okay. In his temple, now behold him. See the long-expected Lord. Ancient prophets had foretold him, God has now fulfilled his word. Now to praise him, his redeemed shall break forth with one accord. So what we're talking about is Jesus kind of knew a lot what was going to be happening to him in his life because he read the Old Testament. Right. And prophecy after prophecy talked about Pearson hands and feet, the Lord going to lay on him the iniquity of us all. I mean, there were a lot of things that he knew about himself. And that's why the book of Matthew is so interesting to read, because he keeps quoting the Old Testament. In fact, he says, and Jesus did this in order to fulfill. Um, The one that struck me was last week's, where he went to those two territories in the north. Yes, yeah, it Galilee and well, it was a Gal- uh, Galilee of the Gentiles. Uh huh. Yeah, and uh, what he was doing there; those were the first two tribes that were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. So the people lived in darkness; they mm-hmm. really had a bad reputation. And Jesus moved from the safety of Nazareth to those areas where it was kind of overfilled with Gentiles. And that showed how much love he had for yeah. these people. It was prophesied in the Old Testament, people of darkness have seen a great light. That was that's right. That's what it was talking about. Exactly. And in fact, that's where he picked up most of his disciples. Right. Yeah, from, from that area, who had also been the disciples of John the Baptizer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they had seen a great was, light. Uh, uh, well, Andrew. Andrew and, and Peter. Peter, right? Sure. Yeah. And then there were others also. Right. So... This is talking about that this is the long-expected Lord. So they were really waiting for him, but when he came, they didn't recognize him. No. They misunderstood his signs, like the feeding of the 5,000. They 
understood it, this is going to be a bread profit king. for the world, a yeah, bread king. Bread king. Well said. I'll read two. In the arms of her who bore him, virgin pure, behold him lie. While his agent, aged saints adore him, ere in perfect faith they die. Alleluia, alleluia, lo, the incarnate God most high. Who are these aged saints? That would be Anna and also Simeon. Excellent. And yes. it, and it's an interesting. It says, before before in perfect faith they die. Remember how uh, Simeon said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. I'm ready to go. I've seen the Messiah. Uh, you Take me, take me home. And that's because the Lord, it says, had revealed to him he wasn't going to die right. until, until he saw, he the, saw Messiah. the Messiah. Yeah. And of wow, course, boy. you know, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that be a promise? I mean, what a promise that was for him. Yes. Of all the people, you know, he was given that promise. You will not see death until you lay your eyes upon the long-awaited, long-promised Messiah. What, what a promise to give Simeon. Do we get that promise? That we're not going to die before we see him and hold him. Uh, yes, we do. Well, How is it fulfilled? Well, it's fulfilled in the Holy Supper for one Very thing. good. Yeah. All right. Stanza three. Jesus, stanza three already. Stanza, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, by your presentation, when they blessed you, weak and poor, make us see your great salvation. Seal us. With your promise, sure, and present us in your glory to your Father, cleansed and pure. So Jesus was weak and poor when Simeon and Anna blessed him. Right. Weak, not from a human point of view, no. but from a divine, because he State had... State of humiliation. He was not making use of his divine prerogatives. And make us see your great salvation and then seal us with your promise, sure. See, that's the essence of the Christian faith, that we are not saved by our sure works, but by God's sure promises. Here's a state of humiliation question. Uh, you might want, you know, this is, this is something you might want to think about in talking to kids. Uh, a, a kid might ask you, you know, Jesus was a little baby, but he was also God. Yes. Even as a little baby, did he know what was going on? How would you answer that? I think I, I think I know how I would answer it, but how would you answer that? I would say, no, he didn't. Yeah, because that's his state of humiliation. He right. did not always use his... He even said he didn't know in the state of that's humiliation right. when the last day was. That's right, yeah. Only the Father in heaven. Yeah, so he, that's, that's state always of humiliation. bothered me, because wouldn't the Holy Spirit have known? Yeah... Then why did he say only the Father in heaven? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's a well, question. How I've, would you answer that? I, I don't one. know the answer. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah, yeah. I'm not omniscient. Yeah. It, it's one of the 2,458 questions I'm asking <laughs> Gabriel when I get to heaven. Just 2,000? Is that all? No, oh, I figured out the rest. <laughs> yeah, And you know what the number one is? Why... Some and not others. Yeah, oh boy, yeah, no kidding. The, the unanswerable question. Crux teologorum, as they say, yes. Yeah, oh, you know French. Yeah, Latin. Oh, is that Latin? La French is derivative of Latin. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you're close, Tom. The reason we're going through those three stanzas is because we are now going to turn to hymn 842. Which is another great one. Great hymn. I love this hymn. Because some pastors will be doing the fourth Sunday of Epiphany, and this is uh, the hymn there. I uh, don't know that much about Samuel Lowry. Have you heard of him that much? No. <laughs> Somerset? The text is by Somerset Lowry. Yes. And no, I, no, he was, uh, you know, he died in the 30s. No, no, no. In 1930s. Yeah, that's what I mean. He died in the 1930s. Yeah, a lot of times we would think... Uh, that that means at the time of uh, Luther in the 30s. But no. <laughs> no, he, he died not that long ago. No, not really, not. Mm -hmm. and, and that hymn was one that he had written. It's under society. Yeah, it's a good hymn. I love it. Are you going to sing it this Sunday? Uh, it's not up to, it's not up to me. <laughs> you to, thought about to it say. for a minute. <laughs> it was first published in February 1894, and uh, he granted permission to editors of the Song of Praise to substitute birth among us for birth incarnate in the first and last stanzas. So that that's really kind of uh, interesting. A, a lot of times we make slight alterations to hymns. Um, he also included the substitution of word made flesh for son of man. And that was an update of, of the language also. So without further ado, stanza one. Son of God, eternal savior, source of life and truth and grace, word made flesh whose birth among us hallows all our human race. You, our head, who throned in glory, for your own will ever plead. Fill us with your love and pity. Heal our wrongs and help our need. So what would you consider here to be really important? Let me think here. Yeah, catching uh. you. Word made flesh whose birth among us hallows all our human race. He came as a redeemer for all people. That's right. You are head who throned in glory for your own will ever plead. Well, he's, he's, uh, that's him at his session at the right hand of the father. He's, he's our advocate and our defender. He's, he's, he's always, uh, interceding for us. Yes. And, and so... This is a great epiphany hymn, too, mm -hmm. because remember what epiphany does. It explains his purpose, his mission, his person, and his goal. And I, I, I think this is pretty good. I'll I, do two. Okay. As you, Lord, have lived for others, so may we for others live. Freely have your gifts been granted. Freely may... Your servants give. Yours the gold and yours the silver, yours the wealth of land and sea. We but stewards of your bounty held in solemn trust will be. Now, I'm surprised that one of the Bible readings they don't have down here is the one from Philippians. Because Jesus was looking out for the interest of others, not for his own interest. 
And Paul says, that's the way we should be also. That's almost a quote from mm-hmm. verse 2. You know, I've often thought, and we don't have this, to do a book on the hymns where each hymn is referring to some kind of Bible verse. So that when we look up, let's say we're doing from Matthew 5, we look up Matthew 5 and we see all the verses of the hymns that talk about Matthew 5. That would be really good to have. Yeah. A concordance doesn't do it. No, you're right. No. And um boy that'd be a that'd be a job for somebody. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody who really loves hymns. <laughs> well, somebody who really loves the word. and knows the Bible. That's right. Because you see, they didn't have the Philippians passage here, yeah. which to me is one of the most important ones. Because he lives for others, and that's why we for others live. You see, not in order to get to heaven. That's right. It's a law gospel thing. But in order that Jesus, thanking him for taking us to heaven. That's really pretty big. Three. Here comes my favorite verse. I love this verse. And this is so timely, and I'll explain why. Come, O Christ, and reign among us, King of love and Prince of peace. Hush the storm of strife and passion. Bid its cruel discord cease. By your patient years of toiling, by your silent hours of pain, quench our fevered thirst of pleasure, stem our selfish greed of gain. And why do you like it? Oh, I, I, well, I love it one for one reason, because it mentions the name of my church, Prince of Peace. I, I like that. But it also, also because... Uh, because it says, hush the storm of strife and passion, bid its cruel st- discords. You know, you know as well as I, this, this, our country is very divided. Yes. Perhaps never so divided since the Civil War. Right. And, uh, you know, politically, I mean, you know, I've got, I've got old friends that are on the other side politically from me. Yeah. And in fact, even my even my own sister and her husband mm-hmm. are on different sides politically from me, and we get in pretty heated ar- ar- arguments, you know. And, and uh, bid its cruel, you know. If only we, if only we could, if if our Prince of Peace could heal these discords and this disunity. Uh, but remember well, what he, he says. Indeed, he will. My kingdom is not of not this world. Not of this, of world. this world. That is right. So the peace that he brings isn't a peace. No. There's going to be war, There's, rumors of wars. That's the right. poor are always going to be with you. That's There's going right. to be discord. Because people, and even Christians, often their motivation is self-interest. Yeah. Remember last week, Paul says, I did not speak in eloquence. Right. And so my question was... I heard that. Well, why wouldn't you want to speak in eloquence? But those Greek words mean trickery of language. Yeah. In other words, a politician, uh, I just was reading an article where people are following this politician because he says he's going to pay for all of your uh, medical costs, all your school costs, all this kind of thing. Yeah, right. And and they (laughs) think he's so eloquent. No, Mm -hmm. he's not. That's trickery because he has no idea how he's going to pay for those things. No. Now, it could happen, but uh, not under the present situation. So it's kind of interesting to listen to someone. Anytime I hear someone speaking eloquent and in generalities, I also often stop them and say, give me a specific what you're talking about. That's right. 
And then their argument falls apart. Yeah. You don't think Paul was just kind of effacing himself and saying, look, I'm not the most eloquent speaker, but I, I come to you preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. You don't think that's what he meant, that he was just saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you, you read his writings and he, well, he is says right. he was called to preach. Yeah. Um, but who's my favorite preacher? Who converted a whole town and was really mad about it? It was Jesus. No, no. No. Who would that have been? I'm trying to think who that was. Who are you talking about? Whale. Oh, Jonah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's <laughs> of one of my, I'm right. That's my favorite book. I'll tell you. One of my favorite books. Yes. Jonah. You can only you're imagine. Right. All he did was go out to Nineveh. 40 days and this Nineveh will be destroyed. He wasn't, he wasn't enthusiastic he wasn't at all because he, he, he didn't no like those people. He hated those people. Yeah. And God converted the whole town. The whole town from, from, the, so, from the king yes. to the lowly peasant. In fact, when I was at the uh, seminary, one of the profs, I loved hearing, always spoke in a monotone when he preached. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but boy, did he have insights. Yes. And other students, oh, he's not preaching. Oh, this is so boring. Yeah. And you know, uh, I, I remember uh, one of one of the professors talked about uh, skyscraper sermons. Oh, yeah. Those are sermons with lots of stories. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> well, you know, David Scare, a great prophet yes. over at Fort Wayne. Yes, yes, yes. He yes. speaks his sermons in a monotone. Oh, does he? Really? Was, oh, my, yes. And I was talking to one of the students who loves when he preaches because of the insights the, he has. The content. Yes. I didn't so, know he was monotone, really. I've yeah. never gotten that. Uh, yeah. I've heard him speak. Well, that's what I was told by, uh, by the students. Really? And uh, can, can you see David Scare jumping up and down, waving his arms around? <laughs> no, no, I, no, I no. can't see that. Uh, he's solid on the Bible. Who oh, he is, absolutely. And uh, I can't see Jesus waving his arms around on the Sermon on the Mount. No. He was standing there. He was in right. a boat talking. Right. You know, so... Um, his word had power. Though. Oh, because... Divine power. They had never heard these things. That's right. Why don't you hit the last stanza? Son of God, eternal Savior, source of life and truth and grace, word made flesh whose birth among us hallows all our human race by your praying by your willing that your people should be one grant O oh, grant our hopes fruition here on earth your will be done and so once more hallows all our human race that was in the first You're stanza right. too right and that's what we mean by objective justification, objective justification that objectively jesus paid for the sins of every person every last person every last even the person. scoundrels of history yes subjectively those who receive the benefits of that are only those who, who have faith have that's belief right. yes trust in jesus and so that's why it's so important that we preach the message um before we get a phone call you didn't make a mistake today in when you were talking about your church Oh, yeah, we, we, right, yeah. <laughs> what, what about it? Yeah. Is it Prince still your Peace. church? It's still it. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it's... I know. What it's where saying. my membership is right That's now. That's right. It's yeah. still your church, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to, once you first is. retire. Oh, to yeah. Not think about those things, but... Yeah. Uh, Remember how Walter Hoffman felt about Emmanuel. Oh, my. That. that was his baby. You know? Yeah, that was. Yeah. 
because um, he just had a natural gift yeah. of being able to talk to the people in the pews, and that was really wonderful. Yeah. So, we don't have to tell about your worship service this no, Sunday, do we? <laughs> Where's Go to at? church. Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, just south of the Watson New Sappington intersection. They have service Sunday at 9 a.m. and Saturday. Oh, no, it's 9 a.m. is it. God bless. Tomorrow, Bible study. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.